Did you hear the breathing? <laughs> Future editing live. We're like, mom, be quiet. And she's sitting here blowing her bangs <laughs> out of her face. And she also said, oh, that's new to our intro that we've played every single time that we've done but a she's podcast never with heard her. That. She's never had headphones. We gave her headphones. That's this what just that's only <laughs> solidifies the fact that I know that you don't listen to our podcast. That means we can talk about you behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't already. You've already taken my information and used it and made stories. And I do listen. I got pathetically disgusted, so I stopped. <laughs> like, Rude. That's my story. We get you readings. And then my mom. Bub kiss. So if you guys are interested, today we're doing <laughs> a weird thing where we ask us as three mediums questions. I was going to be excited. If you guys are new to the podcast, this is called Metapsychics. It's by uh, M and I. M, say hi. No. We are currently sharing a microphone. My breath smells like radishes and rainbow unicorn cake. rainbow cake. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, She did not share, by the way. We are psychic mediums. My mother is also a psychic medium. She's what? been on a couple different podcasts that we've done and YouTube videos if you want to check those out. But this week, it's the three mediums of the round table. I don't think that made a sound. Damn it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Wait, is it the shoebox one? The delayed angry shoebox being put down? I hate that one. Yes. So <laughs> I feel like I need to crack my toes again. It was a better sound. That would be a good response to that. <laughs> So, today we wanted to see the differences between several different mediums. So, we have three mediums here who all experience mediumship differently. That was a long one. I didn't know I had to push it again. So, we have a few questions that we're all going to answer in our own experience. So, Liv's supposed to have the questions, but she has her hands out like she doesn't know where her phone is. She's looking at off of her fingers. My, I don't know where my phone is. Can I use yours, Mom? No. Yes. You have to be prepared for this. Oh, which mom? Oh, you don't have the assignment. I'm the up. wife. <laughs> right. That's what I thought when so she said mom, How rude. I answered, right? I don't know where you put it. I know my role. That's where all the other stuff is. Yeah, you like to uh, find spots for things. Yeah, because I don't know how you organize things. And then I'm like, I have this thing. It's in my head. And if I don't have my ADHD brain it immediately, throw it up. I'll notes. lose it. There's a spot I labeled it for you. So then you should have known where they were. Yes, but you decide not to read my notes. I did. I read them this morning. This is taking way too long. Okay. So (laughs) since we're all psychic mediums and we experience our mediumship differently, mom's been doing professional medium readings for like, what, how many years? 20 years? Oh, gosh. Um, Professionally? How long have you been doing medium stuff? Okay. That's good enough. Em and I have been doing this for a year. Noobs. professionally noobs. we are noobs fight us <laughs> plebs <laughs> baby medium so one of the questions we didn't ask in the video that we're gonna ask now is how or what do you define mediums as mom if someone walked up to you and was like what is a medium what would your answer be i would say the interdisciplinarian and or messenger between the spirit world and the physical because our job is, in my mind, my job is to deliver messages from people who have passed away that need, not want, to reach out to the people that they still know here in the physical world. Emily's just staring at me with her blue eyes. <laughs> my I goal know is, she has opinion. My, my goal is me? to help people get some peace and clarity. I mean, that, and it's just that simple. It should help 
them get some peace and clarity, whatever that means to that individual based on someone that they've lost. Interesting. No, I thought you were going to say something different. Um, what? What, what, what? A medium is somebody that talks to dead people. Because <laughs> that's what I always thought it was when you well, I would talk, explain it to me. I talk to dead people a lot. And, well, they talk to me. We don't even talk. We communicate. And to me, the only reason they're coming through is because they want to give a message. And I'm the messenger. I'm the person that's in between. I mean, I'm the interdisciplinarian, and I have to be disciplined in the messages that I give and who I give them to. Just because I'm at Tony's Taco House and somebody walks in and and this has happened to me and someone pops in that's, that's passed away and wants to say something to them, if they're not receptive to me telling them, I'm not going to say anything. But on the other hand, if somebody comes to me and, I mean, you, you have to use your, you, you have to be disciplined. I mean, I, I've, I've been at a place where somebody walked in and there was someone talking to me and wanted to give them a message. And I did give them the message. And the person I gave the message to was super pissed. I didn't, they, I mean, they looked at me like I had three heads and, you know, nine arms. They, like, I had no right to come into their personal life. I had no right to give them that information. And as far as they were concerned, I was completely wrong. Even though I was, I knew I was right. Most mostly because I'm a, I'm a medium and the information I got was correct and they interrupted my meal to get my attention to tell this information. Now, once that person left, several hours or several days, weeks or months or years later, that's not for me to say whether or not they obtained some peace or clarity. And again, that's why I just keep driving home to you guys about the fact that you have to keep your ego out of it. Well, they didn't listen to me and they were this or they were that and to judge them. I don't. I give the messages and I go about my business and I go on with my day. They either appreciated it right then and there or maybe they did later. It's not for me to say and it's not for me to take it personally. So I'm a medium. I get messages. People come in. I was at my tax accountant's last week. I haven't given a reading in months. And this man's grandfather came in. And then three, four more people came in. I ended up giving him a full-blown reading in his office in about 15 minutes. It was super intense. And he was very open to it. And he was, he's like, I don't even know how you could know all that. So, And he didn't ask for a reading. It just happened. So you define a medium as, or define mediumship as, as being the person in between the physical world and the spiritual world. Yes. However, what does being a medium mean specifically to you? Helping people get peace and clarity. There's something about the messages that I'm either asked for or that I'm given to give that help people just feel more peace or more clarity about a situation surrounding somebody who's passed away or something that has to do with what's going on with their life because I am also a psychic and they go together. Sometimes they're completely separate. But either way, I am a messenger. That is my job. That is what I was chosen for. And we were discussing that earlier when Emily did a reading for me with charms. Yeah. And so a lot of things came up and a lot of things in completely different directions. And one of those was, this is something that I was chosen to do. And I'm fully aware of that. And I have a job. It's, it's, a, it's a commitment. It's a, I mean, it's something that I was picked to do. Why? I don't know. Maybe someday I'll figure it out. But I'm here and that's what I do. And I've tried to walk away from it, and I'll give credit where credit is due. Teresa Caputo says you can walk away from spirit, but you you know you, you just you can't walk away from it. It's something that you're given, and once you have that knowledge, what are you going to do with it? A lot of people do ignore it. I can't. I, I can't. It there's there, 
spirit takes the time to come to me to give messages. I have to give them. That's pretty incredible when they muster up enough energy to tell me something. Like a fart of spirituality. You can't just hold it in. Jesus Christ. Well, actually, now that you just said that, <laughs> Teresa Computer says you can run from, you know, you can run from spirit, but you can't hide. And that's true. You can run from it. You can ignore it. And I have myself. You guys know that. And, but you, you can't do it forever. You can't hide. You can run, but you can't hide. It, it's, it's energy. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just is. Also makes me think about Scary Terry. You can run, bitch, but you can't hide. Who's Scary Terry? Anybody exactly. that's watched Rick and Morty will know. Oh, okay. This is about a physical comedy, guys. I'm trying to put the comedy in the metaphysicality. Do you, do you need to blow your nose? Right? I, I do. You. I'm also a nurse. I can help you with that. There's medicine for that. I can medicate you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What would you define mediumship as? Well, as baby medium. Yeah, yeah. Give everybody that doesn't know or hasn't been here for a while the low down. She's in her infancy. Of your mediumship and how it's Let's progressed. Pass her. Let's pass so, her a binky and a blanket. As a baby medium. <laughs> One second. Mm-hmm. Two people cannot talk at the same time because that's not how podcasts so, work. We're both as Aries, a baby medium. Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> so you're outnumbered. <laughs> as a baby medium, when I figured out I was a psychic medium, to which still don't believe that it's a thing. Liv has this idea of what a psychic is, what a medium is, and that you are born with these gifts. And for me, I feel like everyone has these gifts, but it is like different experiences and things that open those gifts up for people. So it's odd that when I was coming to you and was like, I'm reading tarot and I'm having these beings talking to me, I was trying to not necessarily tell you that I was a psychic medium, more so to tell you that I don't understand your idea of the difference between psychics and mediums. So (laughs) solely because you didn't think that you were one because you didn't know. Well, I mean, I still am very confused about the separation of all of those things. But anyways, the way that I view it is kind of like um, in the Avatar, The Last Airbender, because, you know, I like to explain everything through cartoons. The person that is the in-between or the mediator between spirit and the physical world, which is what the Avatar does. Let me he ask, has all of those abilities, too. Can I ask a question? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Olivia's going to probably know where I'm going with this because we've had long discussions about it. When you get information from people who have passed... Are they people that have physically passed or are they more um, spirit guides? I get both. So I will talk to spiritual beings and I will also talk to past relatives of people. Okay. When those come in, whether they be spiritual beings or people that have actually passed, where do they come in in relation to your body? Are they in front of you, to the left or the right of you, behind you, above you? When I do readings, they sit in front of me. Olivia has told me the reason for this is because my spirit guides tell them to sit in front of me because otherwise I'm like, this is scary. (laughs) So they're like, don't, don't spook her. Just sit in front of her because then she'll be able to perceive you better if you're in front of them. So So are those people that have passed away or are those spirit guides that sit in front of you? Both. Yes. I know you're trying to get the like side thing. However, right now, 
the sides confuse me a lot. <laughs> so, so they show up in front of me. And her spirit guides are the ones that tell them to sit there. Right. So I feel, I'm not saying that you're not a medium. What I'm saying mm-hmm. is I feel like your spirit guides are using other guides to help guide you. Yes. That is also happening. Yeah. Mediumship is 150% to the back right side of you. That's just where they come in. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not saying that you're not a medium, but it's interesting how it is manifesting for you and how it is happening, that it's your spirit guides giving you stronger ways of making you pay attention and listen. Yeah. That makes me feel like more so that you're more psychic than you are mediumship. I feel like it's the other way around. I have a hard time getting psychic information. I have to get it from a being telling me something. And if you're a psychic you cannot communicate with any sort of soul or spiritual being that you perceive. You only perceive them, but Emma is able to communicate with them mm-hmm. like you and I do with souls. And since we've been doing sides left and right, and I use that information too, I think the reason I use it is because I've grown up listening to you use it. However, this is a lot and I'm sure for you, but M's future life, Came, well, that's why he's been standing in the room all day. The guys. whole time. Came to talk to me and told me that sides don't matter because time also doesn't matter. Exactly. And that's, that, I mean, it's just, it's interesting that they're showing you it that way. And like I said earlier, you're definitely in your infancy. And that this is not something that you did in a past life. Because I, I had the same ideas that you had, mom. And I was like, if sides don't work for you, then I don't know what's going on. But they're like, it doesn't matter about sides because time and space is an illusion. And the only reason you get left and right, front and back and stuff like that is because you are a human. So as a spiritual being that knows, see, hears and feel everything, we use that to help you however you don't need it. Just like M doesn't need souls to be sat in front of her. However, it makes her more comfortable and her spirit guides know that. So that's how they direct them when conversing with her. Well, but I'd like to look more into it because with all the mediums that I've studied and talked to, it's always on the right side behind the shoulder. That's just how it's. I get information like that. Okay. They'll indicate it in different ways. It's usually through Claire audience where I'll get ringing on each side because mm-hmm. Liv will ask me where they are. Well, but. However, it's easier for me to perceive them in front of me because I Claire audiently hear them through passive echolocation and I can feel them. What I'm curious about is, is this something that is true mediumship or is this something that you're spirit guides are using to help you and they're giving the information. I just need you to understand mom that when you get information, it might seem like the soul is directly speaking to you. However, I understand that it's being funneled. I get it. Yeah. By your spirit guides. Right. But it's not just me. It's every medium I've ever spoken with. So they all get over their right shoulder. And when I, I have, talk to other, well, go ahead. So I have a spirit guide who is a cloud. So when I do mediumship stuff, he like surrounds himself or he surrounds me with his essence. Mm -hmm. What he does is when spirits come, he indicates where they should stand so that I am able to perceive them better. However, Mm -hmm. I feel as if their energy is still on one of those sides. Mm -hmm. However, they're making me feel a presence in front of me so that I am aware that there is someone there. And interestingly enough, too, when, with psychicness, when with your past, present, and future, with psychicness versus mediumship, because I want you to have an orientation. I'm not saying that you don't. 
and this is again something that with as strong as your clear audience is because with Olivia and I it's more clairsentience that's one of our do is that one of yours definitely one of your stronger yeah I'll let you finish your thought but I also have a question about something for you too okay so we were talking earlier when we were doing a video about doors and what Stokes. Stokes. I'm like sorry. Stokes I know. What did you say? Doris Stokes. Stokes. Gosh <laughs> almighty. Anyway, Doris Stokes, as a clear audience, and self-proclaimed very much so when correct in, in, in saying so, I would be, gosh, I would love to be able to speak to her now, but she's passed away and, and see where her- That's fucking hilarious. What? You have a question for her? I will literally tell you her answer. I'm curious how she started. And if things started in front of her and it was just a different process or a different orientation before, because she was adamant that everything was behind her on the right side and that 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 is just where mediumship comes from, period, end of discussion. She was adamant about that. But being only clairaudient, and I know you're not just only clairaudient, but I'm just, it would be interesting to speak to her, to ask her, you know, how did it start for her? How was it when she was a young person? And, and I don't even know what age she realized that she was a medium and started practicing. I don't know, but she was just amazing. But she was very specific when she spoke to, to let her audiences know at the beginning of her productions that she says, when I'm doing this, I'm speaking to spirit. I'm speaking to someone who's passed away. When I motion my hands forward in front of me, so she had her left, her right hand back over her shoulder. She said, well, if I point back this way or I motion back this way, it's somebody in spirit. That's who I'm to, speaking to and connecting with. If I bring my hand forward and in front of me, then I'm talking about something now in the present. So you lived at this address here in the physical world. So it's either in the present or something that happened in the physical world. And this person back here is telling me that when you were here, she says, well, I will go back and I will go forth. If I'm pointing from my chest forward, it's psychic. It could be past, present, future, but it's only psychic. If I motion behind me, it's spirit world. And she was very clear about that definitiveness. So your your community, because that's what I refer to it as, is putting things in front of you. So is that the development of your mediumship or is it actually the development of your psychicness that you might not be admitting to because when we had that charm reading that was all psychic 100 percent. she talked to your father she also talked to your spirit guide that you equate to as jesus i agree both of which are spiritual beings that but, she's communicating with but we've also said you cannot have mediumship without psychicness and your psychicness has to be spot on because it, it's what drives your mediumship so my question is are your spirit guides positioning you with things here as Doris Straka mentioned, because she was very clairaudient, as you also say that you are, and they're setting things up for you here, and then eventually it'll move back to where you're comfortable with it, and right now you can make a delineation that's familiar with you and more comfortable before it transitions to something else, as somebody who's in their infancy. She's explaining it to me, and she's so cute, because all she says is love after every sentence. She goes, you're focusing on it in the wrong way, love. <laughs> yeah, that's what she was saying. What's happening is when... Uh, she was British, by the way. Your spirit guide. She's talking to you. It's a terrible accent, by the way. I know. It's really <laughs> bad. I can't do it. She's making fun of it, though. She says, when Zarath has souls for you, she goes, it's the same way as when you tell a child to line up for a picture correctly. They're all in the same room, and they're where, right. su where they're supposed to be, which is the right-hand side that mom's talking about. She goes, your spirit guides are simply just helping you line up the children for their picture. 
because it makes you as the photographer easier to take the picture. You don't have the ability yet to wrangle the children by yourself. So your spirit guides help put them in a line, line for up. you. So it's not psychic. It's still medium. Okay. No, but I'm just saying, but like I said, psychicness goes with mediumship. So is that also helping to develop the psychicness first? Because I always, I always think of myself as a, there's a reason they call them psychic mediums, not medium psychics, because the psychicness has to be really in place for the mediumship to work. She says it's always already there. For mediums, it's not that important. I agree, but it still has to be there. Yeah, but it is because if it wasn't, M wouldn't be able to have conversations. No, but I'm—I mean, in the in in the regards of this of Emily being like in her infancy with this, so they're trying to develop that primal foundation that, so that everything else will you know graduate to that level. Well, yes, that's why they're putting them in front of you or in front of her. But Doris also wants to say that with your mediumship. You went through the same thing. You just don't remember because it was traumatic right. for you. Exactly. Oh no, for sure. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not putting this conversation out here like this to, to shoot down Emily's abilities in any way, shape, or form. Because you've always been very drawn to Olivia's abilities, yeah, I and understand. I think, and I think it's because you have those abilities, and there was people around you trying to say, "Hey, gravitate towards this nutcase because you're the same nutcase as she is." Well, and <laughs> I'm also bringing up this conversation, having it in the interest of this podcast for other people who might be listening, who might honestly be in the same situation as you are and having similar issues, if you will, or changes in their life. And they're going, what? Which might uh, yeah. be, which might be why they're listening in in the first place. I know. Cause when I yeah. went through this, like you said, I got stymied and stifled by my family members and being adopted. I didn't have anybody to assimilate with, with this crazy weirdness. And so I was told that it was bad. And so I stayed away from it and I blocked it out for a long, 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 long time. I mean, I'm 53, but I'm telling you, I didn't really start doing this till I was almost 40. And that's only because you were saying that you were seeing things. I'm like, well, shit, I have to address this now because now my daughter's going through it. And I'm like, just like I did. And I have two choices. Am I going to stifle her and stymie her and make her feel like bad person and, you know, that there's something wrong with her? Or am I going to try to figure out exactly what's wrong with me that maybe isn't wrong and she has the same thing and we can work through it? So, and now here we are, fast forward all these decades later for me and for her. And now things are coming up with you, Emily. And all I can think about is the other people who are out there that may or may not be going through the same. And find a way to help them because let's face it you guys are young but there's a lot of places in this country where people were locked away for this kind of thing right that's why we started meta psychics too is to help people validate their gifts yeah not teach them just let them know that they're not crazy anyways i have a question for you because doris explained that so eloquently she also told me that you had the same thing or similar things happen when you were little however Again, it's trauma, so you don't quite remember. I don't remember them. That's very true. Yeah, because you used to see people in front of you when you were at church when you were little, right? They would sit next to me. Uh-huh, but they were on both sides. Yeah, but they were never in front. They were always beside me or neck or behind me. Because they were sitting in a pew. I was sitting in a pew. I mm-hmm. used to get up on my knees and spin around. When we had to get up and kneel on the little benches and then we had to get back up and sit down. I was just little. So I would just spin around in the bench and put my knees against it and face backwards and just start talking to people, both people who were there and people that I saw sitting next to them. So if there was somebody behind me, if there was, let's say there was a, an older man sitting behind me 
he might have a family member who passed away sitting next to him. And to me, they were the same. I didn't think of one as being dead or being a ghost. They were just as physically solid as the person who was physically here sitting next to them. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was not weird to talk to both of them. And they would both talk to me in my, in my mind. Yeah. But for Emily, just like with her tarot cards, when she does her reading, she says that's her wall. You have to think about it psychologically. For M, that is a sort of like, like I'm playing a game with someone so they oh, sit yeah. across from me no yeah I yeah. get it I mean I I totally get it. it comes in different waves and shapes and forms for everybody I'm just like I said I'm kind of playing the devil's advocate because of other people who may be out there and yeah and they <laughs> have the same I guess narrow mind of what everything is whether they think they may have abilities or not um just because of what's out in the media or so not. I want to ask you a question because you say when past people come in it's only on your right hand side Right. If they have something to say, sometimes I can feel people around me, but if they've got a message to give or something to say, it's over to the right. Cause I used to think the same thing that if somebody is dead, that they will only present to me on my right hand side. However, when we did our video and our podcast, I don't know if we did a podcast, but we did a video of when I was talking to trees at our arboretum. I did see that video, by the way, there is a guy who comes in. And he's standing next to me as if you and M are standing next to me and I can perceive him. I don't see him full-bodiedly, but in my mind's eye, I can perceive him and I can feel clairsentiently him standing next to me. And he's on my left-hand side. So. But he is for sure dead. And I, I, I'll tell you, I mean, I want to a- ask your opinion, but I'll also tell you how that was like a lesson for me as a medium. So five years ago, six years ago, I had a radio show, and it was in the mornings. I think I was a Monday morning drive-in show. Oh, yeah, they've heard this before. (laughs) I had been doing my mediumship at that point for about seven years, eight years, something like that. Anyway, I didn't think I could do a radio show, by the way. I'm like, how does this work? That was the first time that I experienced people, spirits, souls coming to my left side. And it really messed with my mind, and I called a few of my friends. It was interesting because what I realized after this happened several times, and it had never happened before, and I'd been doing it for several years, we, when we go to the other side, we have the ability to be offered the opportunity to come back. I guess the word that most commoners in the physical world use is reincarnation. But it's definitely a process. Commoners? Well, that's what people think, but that it's not reincarnated. I don't know how to explain it, but I don't see it as reincarnated because you're still the same soul. I get the whole reincarnation verbiages, but I just feel like reincarnation is the wrong word. It's just you're coming back. It's just that simple. It's not. They're you're just, just physically here. Yeah. But I mean, but your, your soul so. energy is yes. energy. It never goes away. So it's like, oh, well, you're being rebirthed. No, it's the same energy doesn't go away. It's coming back. So for you, you think that when a soul comes in on your left-hand side, it's reincarnation? No, I feel like they've, they're they in the holding cell, if you will. So if they're on my right and they're coming around my backside and they're out to the left of me, but they're still parallel to my shoulder line, that's my sign and symbol from God that that person has been granted the ability, if they so choose to pick it, because you can deny it as well and stay in the spirit in the spirit world, 
Because one thing that, that spirits learn is that when they're there, they can, they're like the fly on the wall. They can hear, see, feel everything. And they can be a part of it to a degree without being in the physical world anyhow, any longer. However, if they are given the opportunity to come back to further fulfill their soul and the destiny and the journey that their specific soul is to go through, they think very hard about it. Some of them actually say no. They're not ready. They don't want to. They're enjoying being on the other side when the people who they love that they left behind are still here because they can be, they can see them more. If they come back, they have to start back all over again from infancy. And they will not be a part of that. Sometimes they come into the same families again. Sometimes they don't. That's the other thing. It's a very complicated thing. So when they're given that opportunity, they are parallel with me as my sign and symbol on each side. So the people who are dead are on this side. The people who are still dead but have the opportunity or have been said, hey, would you like to come back? They they swoop over to the left side. If they've decided that they do want to come back, they move further forward to my left side. And now they're in front of me. So when you're telling me, and I'm not the only psychic medium that I've talked to that said this and said, yes, that happens to me. Because when it started happening to me, I'm like, what? what is this? And so I talked to some other mediums and they said, yes, that's exactly what they get. So when you're telling me what you're telling me, I start to think, wait a minute, are these people who are trying to tell you, hey, we need to come back or we'd like to come back or we've been given the opportunity to come back or we are. Um, that's why I'm just saying, I'm, and I'm not, I'm, again, I'm just putting it out here for conversation's sake and just giving an example in continuation of our questions for mediums. Those are some of the signs and symbols that I get and how they work. So when you have a soul that you perceive to be behind you and to your left, whether they are from your right and then behind and swoop to your left, they're still behind you and to your left, whether they transition from right to left or on your left behind you and then step forward a little bit, that is your indication of that they are choosing or possibly thinking about coming back. They're not choosing. They've been given the opportunity. Okay. How would you perceive if a soul came up to you in front of you and to your left? They're here to teach me something. 100%. Right in front of my face. Scott. Boom. He jumped right in front of your face. We were in the barn years ago. Not right in front of you. But he gets your attention. Uh, What I'm saying is if a soul were to come into you and you can perceive them and they are to the front left of you, catty corner, Mm -hmm. how would you interpret that? Me personally as a medium? Yes. They're, they're on their way back or they're already here or somebody's already pregnant with them. That is not at all what I think. What do you mean? But I also don't get the whole weird swoopy thing behind you. I understand how you're <laughs> feeling with like when they're swoopy out behind you and then to the left, like I was here and now I'm coming back in. However, that's interesting. I've never experienced that before. I mean, I've talked to children that are in utero, which is different. Yeah. But- When I have a soul, because you say when souls step into you on your right-hand side to speak to you, you know that they're past because they're to your right and behind you. If they're over my shoulder behind me, they're not here. Mm -hmm. Well, when I have a soul that steps in and talks to me and they're in front of me on my left, I know that they are dead. However, they have not passed over to heaven. They are physically stuck here as a spirit. Do you equate the same thing? No, they're over my head. They're where? Over top of my head. That is 
wild because I don't get that at all. Because when I talked to this man at the Arboretum, I was like, you're dead, right? And he's like, uh-huh. And I was like, okay, well then why aren't you on my right-hand side? He so goes, because it doesn't- he was still here hanging out in the physical world, his soul. He had not passed over? He had passed over. However, he was choosing to be in the physical world to walk around. Okay, so the guys at the barn, the keepers- Spirits at the barn. At yeah. That sp- barn that we rode at. That, that were up in the gray lo- the grain lofts. Mm-hmm. I actually saw them in physical clothes. I saw their physical structure. I saw what they looked like, that they were heavier set. One of the guys was heavier set and a little bit older, the beard. And I saw very definitively what they look like because they're hanging out there. Have they not crossed over? No, that is not the case. Yeah. They've crossed over, but they're just staying there. They're, they still stay there and they watch over all of the girls and boys or whatever, mostly girls that were at that barn. They they watched over them and the horses and the grounds, but did that mean that they hadn't crossed over? No. Well, yeah, but it's weird because like I can I tell. I saw them up in the grain thing still standing there. Yeah, I can tell the difference between a soul that is here because they're passed over and they just want to physically be here, like the people that right. are in the barn or yeah. the man that was at the Arboretum. However, I've talked to two souls that are not passed over because they choose to stay here physically because they don't want to pass over. And one of them I did pass over. Okay, yeah, I understand. And so that guy that I told you at that house that that lady kind of suckered me into, and he was the murderer of the guy who lived in that particular house, and now he was hanging out in that house. He was everywhere. I mean, the minute you walked in a room, you could feel that, I'm not kidding you, 10 to 15 degree colder in the room, even with the sun beaming in the room. So where he was, it was cold. Two feet away, it was warm like the rest of the room. So he encompassed area he took up space I didn't feel him left I didn't have any bodily orientation to where he was he created his own orientation and it moved you could feel that temperature change as he moved because when I asked him to get the hell out of the parlor and I meant it because he was trying to overbear me he went he went right past me and he made it I made it very clear that I was not something to be reckoned with and he went around he could have gone through me. He didn't. He went around. And I felt the difference between him. I felt him move that temperature around me and leave the room. But do you feel a difference when you're talking to souls that are past but are in the physical world? Because when I talk to souls that are past and they're, and they're in heaven, I only feel their energy and communicate with them through the right side of my body. But if I walk into a room and I know that there's a soul in that room, I will feel and perceive them with the left-hand side of my body. Interesting. No, Mm-mm. that I get, that's my maternal, that's my paternal maternal difference. Yeah. That's, so that's my sign and symbol for that. So I can't use it for anything else. Mm, I can't, if I did that, then it wouldn't make sense. I wouldn't be able to choose mm-hmm. and to differentiate between a male or female side of a family. And for me, I need that. That's interesting. So M. Your definition and interpretation <laughs> of mediumship. I told you. You're that perplexed. I am the avatar, the last airbender. I am the bridge between the spirit world and the physical world. There you go. I still have no idea what the difference between psychics and mediums are. You're welcome. <laughs> that's okay. So that's basically the same answer that mom gave. So what does it mean to be a medium to you? What do you think that your job as a medium is? 
Um, so I feel like I feel like I was um, incarnated here for a specific reason. So Liv and I are to what? be my wife. <laughs> so Liv and I are twin Half flames, work. and we have lived a lot of lives that are not human lives. So I feel like when I incarnated in this life because of a lot of different aspects, I feel almost like an alien, like I'm not supposed to be here. And one of the things that I feel like I'm supposed to do is just as much as the physical people here are supposed to help me understand physicality, I am supposed to help them understand mental and like subconscious and spirituality. That is what I, that is like what my purpose is here. So mom's answer was to give peace and clarity to people within the physical world from past loved ones or and or spiritual beings. And M's answer is to be the bridge and understanding between having solace, I guess, maybe, or just an understanding that everything isn't physical because as physical beings, we get caught up in this is real, this is it, this is all we have, and we take too much I don't know. I think we put too much authority in physicality. So I don't know. I think that's a pretty good answer between both of you because both of you are saying that you want to bring peace and clarity about the things that are unphysical and that there are more things to existence than physicality. Well, your mom's wanting to bring peace and clarity to the people here. I want to open their minds up to things that they wouldn't have thought of before. Which could bring peace and clarity in and of itself. But that's not the goal. Your goal isn't to bring peace and clarity. It could be part of the puzzle, but it's not the whole puzzle. What's the whole puzzle? All the pieces. (laughs) Yeah, all the pieces. Within the damn box. (laughs) The whole puzzle is understanding. It's it's how the universe works. It's balance. They're going to give me something I need, and I'm going to give them something they need. I'm going to convince them that the desk in front of them is not a desk. They're not a person. Nothing is real. They're all thoughts. So that's not peace and clarity. That is opening their minds to not necessarily, I'm physical and I can only do these things. It's opening their minds up to possibilities. That's just, that's like basic philosophy. It's a... Rene Descartes, yeah. I think, therefore I am. Is the ceiling a ceiling or is the ceiling a ceiling because the floor is a floor? And who says that the floor has to be the floor? It might just be the ground you're standing on. If the sky's up exactly, there is no ceiling. Yeah. But that could make somebody feel better. Yeah, but that's not the goal. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's interesting. <laughs> Next question, unless you have a, a different idea. I just really like that mom who says that she's very clairsentient answered her question in a very emotional feeling way and m who is i answered like a computer claire cognizant answered it like that so you're saying that we're we're definite in our roles <laughs> or we're not speaking of roles is anybody else getting hungry <laughs> i don't know i think both what what both of you said is basically the same thing just so put differently so then we're we're true in our form as far as being clairsentient and claircognizant yeah the way that you express your mediumship is very um true to form yeah, how cool. you guys interpret it. I think it's interesting. Well, I personally am glad that my daughter feels that way. How about you, Em? 
I don't know. We've gotten approval. <laughs> We've gotten approval from. The I don't know why it matters. <laughs> What's the next question, Liz? Right, moving right along. The Aries people. Unless here you have a different one, different answer what? to that question. Oh no, I'm literally both of those. My answer would be both of both of those answers together because well, I used to think that mediumship was literally only talking to dead people, but it's not. You use it as a medium, you are just literally the spiritual conduit of energy, right. spiritual energy. Bringing one into the, from one into the other together. Whether that be a pet that's alive, a yes. plant that's alive, yes. a pet that's living, yes. people that are alive. Guys, I started talking to toddlers like I do pets yesterday. We talked to a tree when you were in high school, remember? It freaking blows my mind. Why is it that I know that a toddler has to poop because I can feel physically that I have, have to, to shit my pants? Right. Well, how, well, how about a tree in the library in a pot on a, two about foot, that. on a two-foot stand that is afraid of heights? We talked about that. We had a story about uh, when Liv started talking to plants. Yeah, it was in the library at, at high school. So as a medium, I used to think it was talking to dead people and souls. And it is so much more than that. We talked to spirit guides. We talked to deities. Deities. Literally, my mind is freaking blown. But no matter what energy source I'm talking to, whether it is physical or non-physical, my job as a medium is to educate people about those things and hopefully answer their questions that they may have and give them answers to things that they never knew that they needed. Relay the message. You're the medium. I know, but there's things that I never thought that I'd ever have to have a question about. Now you do. Did you know that trees and plants and shrubs don't like weeds we're gonna have this conversation again <laughs> that fascinates me i had a conversation with someone in my yard well obviously they do harm to other plants why but would they, they like them regular foliage excluding yes. weeds well, see the weeds as we see criminals uh-huh. and murderers in the physical like in the human world it's very interesting yeah, we've we've talked about that too. Liv has the same fascination. It's not a fascination. It's real. Damn it. Next question. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I Liv? can't handle two Aries in one room. I feel very, very like I feel like I'm in danger. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. Hmm. Do you have any certain spiritual beings or guides who you feel help you during readings or real life? Emily, this time you're gonna go first. <laughs> Lol. Solely for the fact that I think you'll have things to say that will make mom think more differently. So I feel like they're trying to transform me. Not gonna happen. No, we're not trying to transform <laughs> you. It's just Em's gonna do what she thinks mediumship is, and then you're gonna do what you think mediumship is, and I'm gonna use this question to do it because Gojo thinks he's funny. I think like, I feel like we need a bill. Ding ding ding. Your I turn feel like there's a uh, correct answer to this. Metaphysical boxing match. <laughs> No, no, there's not a correct answer. I just want you to answer the question. Do you have any certain spiritual beings or guides who you feel help you during readings or real life? Yes, I have a lot of them. Okay, <laughs> let the people know. Do tell. So I have spirit guides as everyone does, but I also have spiritual beings that help me do that as well. So I have a question. What's yes. the difference between a spiritual guide and a spiritual being? I'm so glad you asked. I knew you'd want me to. A spiritual guide is someone that is tied to me, like in, like if you were having like a contract. Like and whips spirit and stuff? Or just like yes. <laughs> Sorry. A spirit guide, spirit guide is spirit tied to me as a human being. 
they're tied to like my life contract and they're like the ones that are supposed to lead me down the path of life existence me yes are those pink fuzzy handcuffs or just regular i'm sorry and my spiritual guides are guides that come in to teach me a specific lesson and then will go pass on or they will um, teach me different lessons whereas the spirit guides are with me with the walk of life helping me walk my life whereas again a spiritual guide may come in and be like this is how you do tarot this is how you do clairaudience so (laughs) sorry i don't want people you said sometimes a spiritual guide will come in and then pass on i just don't want people to think that when you say pass on that means that they're gonna like die or go somewhere else you have to think of uh (laughs) what's his name they transcend they're gonna pass the baton on to someone else yeah no there was there was i i'd love this there's a there's a story about this thing that apparently was a mongoose and i can't remember his name something the what talking a good mongoose. story long story short this poltergeisty spiritual thing that may have just been a hoax of a thir- 13 or teenage like teenage aged daughter that was like a really good ventriloquist anyways what? there was a talking mongoose spirit thing it's like a really really big story but anyways at Did the end of the mongoose <laughs> talking to people that lived in the house this mongoose that was in the walls that was a spiritual being. When he was done talking to people, he would just say, vanquish! Or, no, vanish. It was vanish. Sorry, vanish! And that's just what I want to talk about in my head really quickly when those spiritual guides leave. So, my spirit guides. <laughs> so, right now I have five spirit guides that have presented themselves to me. Um, you guys all know of these because I've talked about them in length. So I have a cloud being named Zeroth. He is my gatekeeper. He is the one that surrounds me when I am doing readings. I have my Akashic Records guide, which is Rosaline. She deals more with claircognizant information. I have a fairy guide named Phinea. She helps me with my mediumship abilities. I have, um, I don't know, he's like a weird little goblin knight type thing. And he sits on my shoulder and gives me... Clairaudian information, he helps me with tarot, and his name is Excelsion. His name is Jeff. Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Sorry. Not my spirit guide. (laughs) Okay. And then the last one, (laughs) the last one that I got recently is a mermaid, and she, her name is Serendipity, and she is helping me with a lot of other things. But what I want to talk about also is the spiritual guides that come in. Um, When I started reading tarot, we got this specific deck, and when I got this deck, Liv was like, um, there's this weird being in this deck, and it's very odd. And this being, you guys now know him as the Scribble Man, or Abernathy, and he was one of the first spiritual beings that came in to help me with Claire audience. So I am under the impression or belief that when you get a, like a tarot deck, you will have a spiritual being that helps you read that specific deck. They are not like specific to you but they are in a sense but they're not in the same way as like a spirit guide so that is the difference those are the guides that help me yeah it's really cute we have a um a podcast and a video about our spiritual team and these because so many people have questions about spirit guides which we've already covered so we're like we're going to talk about our spiritual team because people like to think that spiritual guides are spirit guides and we're like no there's a difference so one of our spiritual guides is Agya. He 
came in during our first video and he's helping us with our business. And he's just the soul of a little old monk man from like the 1700s. And he helps us with understanding concepts for spirituality, as well as giving us information and motivation towards our business and a mindset to look at it in a different perspective. So it's really cute. But is he a spirit guide? No. Your turn. Are you still alive over there? I'm watching my daughter bend her toes backwards because when she was a little girl, she used to make herself taller at the counter. I also was reading something or watching a TikTok that that's a uh, symptom of autism. No, walking on your toes is. Yeah. Oh, you walked like that? Jesus, that sounds painful. No, she would just walk up to the counters to get taller so she could see and she would bend her toes completely underneath so that the balls of her toes are touching the ball of her foot and stand up on the knuckles of her feet. And she's sounds still... Like fun. Well, look down. She's doing it right I'm now. Aware. It's weird as hell. And it's freaky. I have a question. Huh? Is this dragon my spirit guide? Because I still have no idea what he's here for. Dude, I have no idea either. Quit asking me. I already thought about that when we started this. Mom, do you have any spiritual guides or spirit guides that help well, you maybe your readings? mom knows. <laughs> Do you see a dragon? <laughs> I think that you see a lot of these things that you see because you assimilate to them because they're yes. cartoonish. They're cartoon- they help, yes. they help feel, make you feel less fucking freaked out. Well, okay. it helps explain things because when I see it, well, okay, when I speak to human souls, it's confusing to me because I'm like, that seems very like normal that you're this old woman that um is wanting to give me cookies. Every old woman does that. How do I know I'm reading an old woman? But if I see a weird spiritual being, I'm like, I can't make that up. It's fine. See, I don't see weird spiritual things. Anything. I, I see things very black and white. I always have. So for me, it's just a different delivery that I get from the spirit world. So my spirit guides, and I've never been comfortable with that word. So Olivia knows, and a very few other people, not very many, know that I refer to my spirit guides because... Sometimes I have to because that's what people ex- that's what people understand. For me, I call them my committee. I have four individuals. The first one we were talking about this earlier is a woman. I want to say she's probably between sixty three and seventy three. Looks wise, she's got brown hair. She looks like she might be just your average, ordinary, plain old day like librarian. She's a little bit on the heavy side, but she's not fat. She's like me. She's sturdy. She is my CEO of the board members that I have, as I call my committee. So behind her are two more men. They're kind of interchangeable. They don't really have any one specific purpose or the other. They kind of work together. They deliver information to her. She filters it to me, basically. Behind them is another or a fourth individual, also male. He's younger. I feel like he's up and coming in the ranks. I feel like this is something that he's being trained by them to do. Um, he's very quiet, but he's also very silly. He's very immature. I kind of refer to him, not kind of, I definitely refer to him as my court jester. He's in the court. He's in the boardroom, if you will, with my committee that delivers and ciphers the information that I get. And, but I mean, like, honestly, there are days where I just kind of see him jumping around and basically a silly old court jester's uniform, kind of green on one side, red on the other, blue on one side, you know, pink on I mean he just with a hat with the bells on either end of it if you just I mean he just is a goofball he says he's the five of pages and I know that isn't a tarot card but he always tells me when you talk about him that he's your page he's an extension of yourself oh he is yeah 
he's my silly, let's just make a good day out of this no matter what. And what are, what does five mean? Instability. Instability or stability? Instability. Mm, interesting. <laughs> no, yeah, he's, he's just like, I'm just going to have fun. You know, like I'm, I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, I'm a nurse and I'm the one that when stuff gets really crazy, I'm the first one to buckle down, tighten up and keep it straight, but still have fun with it so that people can stay focused, if that makes sense. I'm very good at what he does. He stands in the back and he surveys everything, but he still stays lighthearted and whatever. My woman who's in front, she has to stay focused because she's the main mouthpiece of the committee. The other two, like I said, bring the information in and he just sits back and watches everything unfold. But that's his job. His job is to just kind of be back there and watch because he's learning. Like I said, he's, he's just the funny one. I really don't get anything from him particularly, but he's still back there and he's learning. So do you have any spiritual guides that have helped you since those are your spirit guides or committee as you call them? I feel kind of like I'm on my own to the degree that I'm very black and white. I'm very specific about my rules and my boundaries as a medium, what I tell people and how I tell it to them. I never decide that I'm not going to deliver information. I always give it. It's a matter of how I'm going to deliver it because I don't always try to divulge into people's lives. I try to stay very out of it. A lot of times like today, Emily and I read each other, but I took a piece of paper, even though her and Olivia are good friends. And I wrote something down at the very beginning that came to me, but I didn't present it to Emily until later, but I showed it to her. I didn't actually say it out loud because a lot of times, like for sometimes I'll have somebody that comes in and I know for a fact that they've taken their own life, but I don't know if the person I'm talking to knows that they took their own life. So I will say, well, this person passed. Do you know what was the purpose of their passing? Do you know why they passed? Because I stay out of their personal sorrows because I don't always know. So somebody may have taken their own life, but they may not have known why. Even though I know that the person who took their life is telling me that they left a letter or they left a note or they let it known that they were going to be doing that or that they were having mental issues, whatever. So I'm always very careful. I do sometimes, very often I'll write things down and show it to somebody, especially if it's in a room of other people. I won't just shout something out to keep their privacy, if that makes sense. But I don't just keep privacy in a reading amongst others in a room. I keep privacy between that person and me. Sometimes I feel like if something is said out loud, it opens it up to spirit. If I write it down, I can just give it to the person to read. And if they answer it, then that, that, that's, that's, that's their choice. If they don't want to answer it because they haven't dealt with it or can't, I'm not going to force him to. So who are your guides, Liv? Me? Yeah. Oh, oh, I wanted to ask, because M keeps asking me this question, and I don't know the answer to the question because I just don't remember it. Kind of how Doris explains that it was traumatic for you when you were little and your guides used to help you interpret spiritual information oh. differently. Is this to me or Emily? To, to you. you. Okay, <laughs> pay attention. So we talk about my first spirit guide, which is my blue man dude. The blue man guy. I remember. Do you remember the things I said to you when I first told you about his existence? Because it's so interesting that you keep all of your abilities so tight. Yes wrangled in and I think it's also funny that you don't see that your father is a spiritual guide for you who is no, going I know to be he the one that's going to is. make you not have blinders on with your abilities well because you keep those blinders on like an Amish horse riding down the road here's why because I know that my gifts are going to change exponentially and I've been waiting for a very long time and I feel like my 
goal because I've stepped back from my mediumship. Olivia has kind of, she and Em have kind of wrangled me in over the last year, um, year and a half, which I'm okay with. I don't think there's been a time that you've asked me to come here and I've said no. Well, can, if we do this, can you, I say, I will make time. I'm pretty sure that's always been my answer. Just let me know when and where and I'll make time. So my gifts are very purposeful, probably more purposeful than I'm fully aware of. I have experienced a lot of hatred because of my gifts. In fact, I was reminded of that quite recently, actually, and I was not prepared for it when it happened, but it happened. And it's like, how do I deal with this? Like I used to have a sign on my car that I was a medium. If people wanted to call me, blah, blah, blah. And I got a lot of business from that. And people who were just like, wow, thank you for putting that on your truck. I saw it driving down the road, blah, blah. And I managed to get, I reached more people through that than I did anything else. It was very uh, interesting. I had something happen. I had somebody who separated themselves from my life. And they did it because they didn't agree with my mediumship. They thought that it was a farce, that I was an oil slinger, and that I was a soothsayer in the worst possible way. Even though I've known them for a very, very long time, decades. They told me that if I either had to walk away from my mediumship altogether, or they were going to walk away from me altogether. So I said, well, you need to do what you need to do, but I'm not going to walk away from the gifts that were given to me for a very purposeful reason. They quoted the Bible, and they quoted against me for mediumship. So... We went our separate ways, and I hung on to my mediumship, and they hung on to what they needed to hang on to. But within a week, not even, of all of that happening and them quoting me Bibles, I had a huge reading, and there were people there, and quotes were coming to me from spirit that were pertaining of and to this particular reading, group reading. And it all kind of circled right back to help me realize spirit, helped me realize, and I got my own spiritual spanking that this is what I'm supposed to do and this is why, because it helps a room full of people. And if I never help anything more than this particular room of people, I'm okay with that. So that's important. And I'm fully aware that there are huge things coming my way and I can't even begin to wrap my brain around them. And the fact that you guys are telling me that my biological father is in cahoots, for lack of a better word, with this whole thing, I'm fully aware of that. Because I can feel him around me. And he came to you a year ago, just over a year ago, to tell me that he was around. And I, I, I knew that even before that happened, you telling me that he came to you. And the fact that he came to you also as a medium and as your, his granddaughter is very interesting. So what did you think about when I told you as an eight-year-old child who liked to walk around on my toes that there was a blue man that looked like a man from the blue man group in my head with a door? I, I mean, we, because it's so interesting that your spirit guides and all the spiritual people that you have around you are very much human-like, but for me, they have never always been human-like ever. And I think that's kind of like spirit's funny way to say, you're not supposed to do just human things. You're supposed to look at all of these other things that exist that so many other people don't even understand. Because to you, they're identifiable. I didn't have the ability to identify like this when I was a kid. I allowed that to happen for you. I could have, if, if it had been the family members that I opened up to with my things that were happening to me, they would have been stifled immediately and it never would have gotten any further. I allowed you to tell me what was going on and listen to you openly for the most part. 
You know, does that make sense? And so it was able to, to con- it was able to continue and develop. You meeting Emily and everything happening with, happening with her in cartoon ish, similar parallel definitions is one of the reasons I think you guys are together is because it's, it, you can, you can assimilate with each other because we're twin flames. Well, but you can assimilate with her more so than you can me. You've assimilated with me as well, but because you've done this before and I'm, and I know I have as well, I'm quite sure of it. And Emily has not, it helps to balance you to have someone who's done it, who's older and to have someone who's never done it is in their infancy. It, it well rounds all of us. I mean, it's just like when I used to teach horseback riding lessons, it was always, you know, you put the, the beginner riders with the beginner riders and the intermediate riders with the intermediate riders and the advanced riders with the advanced riders. I came along and I put my, I put them all together because they all had something to learn. The advanced, the advanced riders maybe forgot how to hold a bridge of reins. You know, the, the, the beginner riders didn't know how important putting their heels down was until they saw what the advanced riders were doing to help with their balance. So you always have something to learn from somebody, no matter what game of this, whatever stage of the game they might be at. So do you remember when I told you that? Because I don't. That you had blue people or the blue man? Just one blue man. My question always to her was, how do you know that this blue man was your spirit guide if you were A it and you were seeing a blue man? Because it, you never talked about spirit guides. I don't have to, though. That's just how did, Because well, like, everyone's journey is different. No, what I'm saying is, well, because she as an out- eight-year-old, how do you know that this weird blue thing that you're seeing is not going to harm you and is, like, where did you get the word spirit guide from if no one ever told you that? You mean for her? Yeah. Well, she, you didn't say spirit guide for a while. You just said he was a blue man, and I'm like, were you afraid of him? And you said... I'm like, I'm kind of afraid from him, but he's like that guy in the commercial. Remember the commercial, Mom? So that was something that you were familiar with and that didn't scare you. So that's how he presented himself to you. Is he really a blue man? Probably not. But that's how he presented himself to you so that you would listen. It's all about getting someone to listen. Emily's stuff comes in in a way that she can listen to and accept. Oh, and that would be why he only shows me facial features because I'm clairvoyant. Yes. And you're clairsentient, so blue is a good color. Is that blue one of your favorite colors? I mean, I have, like, three favorite colors. Okay. I don't think his color of blue is my favorite color of blue. But, but blue is a, it's, it's a very popular color. It's a very calm color. I mean, when you're bald and your skin is blue, but your eyes are white and you're wearing a turtleneck. But you had seen it before, <laughs> and so you assimilated with that. And it worked, didn't it? I mean, I guess so. That's all that matters. It, it, it assimilated you to I him. just didn't. Because M's, what was your story of when you were talking to me about spirit guides? And I was like, oh, yeah, I have this blue man. Because we've just been trying to figure out what happened in between the middle of when you asked me if I had a spirit guide because you were talking about a spirit guide. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is him. I research things about these types of things. So I got information like, oh, people have spirit guides. So me meeting Liv, I was like, what do your spirit guides look like? Well, understand, too, that before you had the blue man, you saw that guy at your dad's. Yeah, but he was on spirit. He was not a spirit guide. But I know that. But you saw that first. That that kicked your door open, and so that made you scared. And so then like, the blue guy appeared. What the question is is how did she know that this was a spirit guide? Where did she get the word spirit guide? But from? she didn't. She didn't say that till later on. I we I, had a. Did you tell her it. though? I don't remember exactly. To be like, honest how did with you. how did an eight year old figure out she had a spirit guide? <laughs> 
She didn't figure it out when she was eight, though. She didn't call him a spirit guy. She's like, she's like that blue guy, mom, that blue guy. It was that blue guy for quite a while. It wasn't my yeah, spirit guy. So that's guy, just always been guy. my question of how did you figure out you have a spirit guide if you never looked it up? Yeah, that came much later. Yeah, I have no idea. I think I just knew. You know what? I think that you asked me if I had people. Somehow or another, we got into the conversation of, I said, well, some people have spirit guides. I think it did come up. And she's like, well, do you have people that you work with? And I, I started, that's when I actually started coming into realizing who my spirit guides were. Because I really didn't pay attention to it. I just knew that a lot of people came to me and were talking to me. And at the very beginning, I was so inundated, I think, because I stifled it, because I had to stifle my ability for so long, that when I finally decided to kick the door open, I didn't, it just, it went so fast. And I mean, and I had nothing to go on but the heels of my own shoes. Yeah. Your dad is telling me that he's going to be your Gojo. What? So for me... I have multiple spirit guides now, but the last one that has come in is I like to call him Gojo because there is this character. Well, real quick, while you're mentioning my dad, because this has been on my mind a lot, like in the last week and a half, I can feel him around me a lot, but I don't understand him. It's because you're not supposed to. I feel like there's things that I'm doing and he's orchestrating it. And it's making me crazy because I'm not sure if what I'm doing. Because you're black and white and he's not. Is what he wants. He's going to put more colors in the rainbow. Oh, I feel like he, this is what I feel like he's doing. I feel like he's moving people around and he's super pissed off because I'm super pissed off. And that's bothering him that I'm upset. And he's moving people. I just feel like there's a He's big... not pissed off. <laughs> he's upset that I'm upset. It's bothering him, so nope. he's moving stuff around. Please You're clarify supposed this to be for me. upset. Well, no, I, oh, no, I understand that. I mean, it's, yeah. no, it's warranted. No, my the things I have going on right now in my life are very warranted, but I feel like he's stepping in and he's going to start moving things around so that this game, for lack of a better word, that I'm in is going to go the way I want it to because I'm not sure how far I need to push the circumstances in my life right now, but I keep feeling like I need to push harder, and I feel like that is him but I'm not sure. I don't think it's him necessarily. You just feel like you have to do that because he's around and he has that energy. He says, whether you choose to or not, it's going to be given to you. So he is going to give you the rest of the rainbow. It is not your choice to get the rainbow. You don't want the rainbow. You want black and white because it makes more sense to you. However, he's going to give it to you through the experiences in your life. So that moving of things around is making you view things in a different way. However, you're putting all of your energy towards this thing to try to keep it black and white. You're talking about my gifts. I'm talking about something different. Well, it goes hand in hand because what you're talking about is going to help open the gifts. That's what they say. I don't know. Yeah, the things that are going on in your life, the reason you're not getting spiritual information for it is because you're not supposed to. You're just supposed I to never live do. your life. Right. No, I never asked for That's just it. That's why. But you, you know, do. You literally just said, I've been trying to talk to him and hear what he has to say. He doesn't have anything I'm to not, say. No, I'm not trying to talk to him. I can feel him around me. He's making me feel his presence a lot lately. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. You're here. I mean, I, I, I and that's totally it. get it. 
<laughs> You're reading into it too much. No, I, I'm, I'm, I just know he's around more. I just think it's very interesting because last year he kicked the door wide open. And so I know <laughs> he's <What>? laughing. <laughs> Why? He goes, that's not even a door. That's literally the door that Jerry the mouse walks out of. I'm saying as far as making himself known. You guys are taking it to a different level. I'm I'm keeping it very simple. I'm telling you. Yeah, because you don't so want to. For no, because for so many years, I understand for the people who are listening, I'm adopted. And so I do know who my birth mother is. And for 30 years now, better part of 25 to 30 years, I've been trying to find out who my birth father is. And she absolutely will not tell me. And she's absolutely been a major thorn in my side. I've even enlisted the help of my, my half sister who was so afraid of my birth mother that nobody will tell me. Then all of a sudden, after 25 years of trying to figure out who this man could be, and the only person who can tell me absolutely refuses, then all of a sudden he steps in, in my barn while my daughter and I on the holiday are playing with my pregnant horse and all of a sudden out of nowhere my daughter tells me my father's there and I said well I don't want to talk to him because I didn't like my father she says no no mom as she's sobbing and crying and reading and listening to my birth father who I have known since I was probably in my mid-20s is dead and I don't have any confirmation of even who he is let alone the fact that he's dead so now she's confirming for me that not only is he dead and I was correct but he watches over me all the time. And now more than ever, he's going to watch over me because he's so proud of the things that I've done that I've accomplished. So the fact that he's made himself known, the fact that he's confirmed for me that I was right, that he's deceased and has been for a while, is just mind blowing. It confirms, it affirms, and it reaffirms so much. It's insane. So the fact that I can actually feel him around me and I know that I was right without knowing is huge. If he does nothing ever again for the rest of my existence, that will be like 1000% more than I ever anticipated. We can talk about this more later, but let's talk about the six clairs. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're getting off topic and we're not answering any questions. We should just have a podcast where you come on and we just talk about things. There's not a topic because you need things where there's not topics. It's like a metaphysics Seinfeld episode. It's about nothing. <laughs> Everything and but it's nothing. about everything. Yeah. It's literally when we have you, we give you a specific story and you talk about a completely different story. That happens every time. Every time. So let's talk about the six clairs. So those bitches, the three of us as mediums, each experience. All six clairs. However, it's interesting because I always thought, or at least I was under the impression until today, that all mediums had six clairs. And I guess that's not true because I've had people, and I haven't given it this much thought, that book readings with me and they're like, my last psychic medium died and I'm trying to find you. So it'd be really cool. Can you replace them? And I'm like... Is that ironic, by the way, that the medium dies they're trying to... What the fuck was I even talking about? <laughs> the six clairs. The clairs. Oh, yeah. So... People have told me that their other mediums before me were clairvoyant. I had a clairvoyant medium. I had a clair this medium. And I was like, that's weird. They only saw things. They only heard things. Or they, a lot of uh, times yeah. people define a clairvoyant as a psychic medium. So Exactly. They roll it into one. It's so confusing to me. <laughs> it's kind of like when people are like, let me open my third eye when the third eye is a chakra. That doesn't just deal with clairvoyance. 
and seeing oh, things. They literally talk about their third eye is only seeing things. Yes. yes. That's what people think. Your third eye is, is seeing things psychically. Actual mediums that I know think that. Mm-hmm. And, and they put it on their business cards too. But it's a chakra. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with it. Is that like in our fairy podcast, how fairies were equated to goblins? <laughs> Just because they use an eye, they think it's used with vision. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe their first cousins were or their parents. And they actually have three eyes. Cyclopses are real. <laughs> Mythological beast next week with your metapsychics. God. Um, yeah, six clairs. So you all think that you, or you all know that you have all six clairs, right? Oh, us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're, not, we're not paying attention. <laughs> I was like, who us? <laughs> we're psychic mediums. What? What's a clair? Is that an eclair? Is it filled with cream? Duh, clairs. Those I'm glad bitches. that you finally get that. I still don't get it. It's probably something about the bears. Yes, it is. But I just don't understand why it's funny. <laughs> Sorry. That's probably the most autistic thing I could tell you is I understand what you're saying, but I don't understand how it's funny. <laughs> so what is your strongest Claire? My brain hurts. Um, Claire sentience. Is it because you feel my raging headache? <laughs> I thought that was mine. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Can you feel mine? <laughs> no, I am very bad at clairsentience because I feel so much pain constantly. <laughs> I have chronic headaches. I just think of <laughs> high blood pressure, so do I. Um, clairsentience is definitely my strongest. Um I would say my second strongest is my clairvoyance. I just know, and I'm like, I don't know why the hell I know this. I just do. That's claircognizance. It's just annoying. That's what you. I gave her a charm reading, and if you guys want to see the charm reading, it's in our Patreon. It's going to be a bonus video. So what's the difference between claircognizance and clairvoyance? Clairvoyance is vision. Claire means clear. Voyance means seeing or visual. Claire means clear. Cognizance means thinking. Cognitively. Consciousness. Well, I, then I, those two are rolled into one for me. 100%. Because A lot of times they, with clear cognizance, you will get a trigger for the knowing. Mine just, they roll right into each other. Yeah. For, I mean, they just literally roll Your right into each other. Your guides also have, during that charm reading, explained that you like to ignore the, the knowing information. The clear cognizant information. In, well, because I kind of—it's annoying. Well, no, because sometimes I just feel like a uh, duh, or yeah, because it's just <laughs> yeah, so obvious. I know what you mean? It, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, well, that was obvious. Like, it's not yeah. obvious. It's clear cognizance. Other people don't think it's like that because I understand the same thing. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't think that was coming? <laughs> is that like the maybe it's Maybelline? It's not yeah. obvious. It's clear cognizance. Yeah, it's like when someone's talking and they're like about to say something and you just know what they're going to say yes. and you think that yeah. you know what they're going to say because of their body language. No, you just know because you have a psychic ability called claircognizance. Right. That's why I talk so much. I just want to hear myself, not you, because what you say is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I get it from both of you. It's literally the most frustrating thing ever. Imagine how frustrating it is for us. <laughs> well. Yeah, if you could just say three words and then stop talking, they'd be happy. Yeah. But for a Leo, no. Simplification. Got to put sprinkles on everything. Yeah. If I tell someone they talk too much, that's super like offensive and bad because I talk way too much. <laughs> so if I tell you you talk too much, you just got ditched really bad. <laughs> so more about your clairs. What other things do you get? I don't like taste and smell. 
I think I that's hilarious because I love taste and smell <sighs> just for the sole fact that when I talk to animals, they love to use it all the time. Do you have any cat foods I've tasted? A lot. Yeah, I could no. probably be a spokesperson for Purina. But do you remember mm. at the beginning of the metapsychics journey where you said that you didn't get Claire Gustin Sinclair aliens I, I information? I do remember her, yeah. Did I say that? Oh, yeah. You're because like, I don't think I, I ever get it. And I was like, yeah, I think you just don't notice it. And I said, I didn't like it. Why? I would love if I could get it. If I could make such a... No, it would not make things so much better. Sorry. Don't need to smell or taste that crap. Dude, I know if your cat has... Wet food, dry food. I know what size but their see, crunchies are. I know too. Like I always pick up on people's animals and I have, ugh, I'll go to group readings. I'll go to someone's house and there's always some proverbial pet that greets me at the door. Blah, 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 blah. I went to the one time, this little dog, it was a, what is that? The, um, the ones that look like the wombats that I like. I can't even think of it right now. With the big ears, the French bulldog. I go to this house. There's two French bulldogs, a boy and a girl. Okay, you ready? Morticia and Gomez. They greet me. Gomez is wearing a little tuxedo. Morticia's wearing a little like French maid's little costume with a little tutu. And they're both looking at me. And he looks over at her and sneezes with that little smash in his face with the big old wombat ears and looks at her. She looks ridiculous. And then he looks at me and he goes, I hate all of them. And he looks back over his shoulder like, I'm like, oh, really? And she's like, are you talking to my animals? Oh, my gosh. What are they saying? What are they? And I want to say, they're sick and tired of you dressing them up like a bunch of circus clowns and they hate it. So she's like, what are they saying? I said, what are their names? She's like, this is Gomez and this is Morticia. I said, that's great. I said, he hates that stupid costume you have him in. She goes, he loves it. And then he literally threw his head over his shoulder and went after her. Like, no, I do not. She's like, what is his problem? I said, he doesn't like you dressing him up. It's horrifying. He, by the way, he hates elastic, just so you know. Meanwhile, the little girl is sitting there and she tells me that she likes her Minnie Mouse costume and that's it. And she just would like to wear that for the rest of her life. I said, does she have a Minnie Mouse costume? She said, yeah, but she tears it off. I said, well, according to her, that's the only one she likes. She's like, well, she tears it off and just leaves it there. I said, well, I don't know what to tell you, but I know he definitely doesn't like wearing it. It's because it's the only one she can get off. Probably why she only <laughs> likes that one, right? Yeah, I've had dogs talk to me about their favorite colored <sighs> bandanas, different colored collars. But I mean, those are color and like visual things. But food all the time. I would, yes. can let you know if your you're cat changing eats your food. pate, right. if it tastes good. If they're on like one of those senior like science diet things or like anything that's fat free or like for cats or dogs that are fat, that stuff tastes like absolute paper. Like literally just nothing. Like it tastes it. like nothing and sadness and they hate it. Nothing and sadness. It's so funny. But usually when I get taste and smell for things, it's, um oh, well, okay. Last week I was talking to a guy, uh, a client's grandfather, and he, one of the things that he told me that was important about himself so that she knew which grandfather it was, was he got really close to my face and was talking and I could smell his breath. <laughs> and my client is like, does it smell like old person and pastrami? And I was like, yes. <laughs> She's like, that's well, an odd smell. All he used to eat is pastrami. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I don't like taste and smell. Yeah, her taste and smell are so weird that I will walk up to her holding a rock and she'd be like, your rock smells like marshmallows. marshmallows. I was like, that is an odd smell for a rock. <laughs> I taste textures. <laughs> you had COVID, right? I did. And bell peppers. Maybe, maybe that's why you now have taste and smell. Just Issues. like you can't see. <laughs> I can't, sorry. 
That's hilarious. Just like you can't see. Yeah, because I'm really, really clairvoyant, but I'm actually really, like, almost legally blind. It's one of the things that I worry about when I get older is being legally blind, honestly and truly. Yeah, and I'm clairaudient, and I have auditory processing disorder. <laughs> we also talked to a client who was blind, and her strongest Claire was clairvoyance. Okay, so I am... That's why you don't like claircognizant information. Why? Because you have a problem processing information. And when they give it to you all at once, it's the exact opposite of the thing that you have a problem with. No, I can process it just fine. My issue is I am... (sighs) Dyslexic? Comprehensive dyslexic. Yeah, comprehensive dyslexic. Claircognizance. I feel like you're judging me. (laughs) I am. (laughs) Spirit is funny. They like to give you the things that are hilarious to you. What? Fuck them. <laughs> got anything more about your Claire's? Those bitches. Um, I don't think so. I my, Listen, my mediumship, I, I, I just knew a lot of people, and I still do, that just get too wrapped up in it. Um, I just like to keep it simple for my own self and for the people that I'm speaking to because they also make it too convoluted. It's a message that needs to be delivered because it's a need, not a want. I'm glad that we were able to make you feel unconfident in your abilities and scared about the things that is about to come to you. Because I'm not scared. I know it's coming. I'm just waiting for it to happen. That's why. No, you're I really nervous. No, I'm not. I just, it's going to happen. It happened the first time. I'm just waiting. I think it's interesting because I thought that you were supposed to be my mom because you were a medium. And you are a medium. That's what you thought. <laughs> well, that's one of the things. People ask me their life's purpose all the time. And I think that's the most ridiculous question there to ask no somebody. It's just your life. You can make you whatever you want. If you think that there's a certain purpose, then you're missing out on probably all the other things that are supposed to happen. Oh, no. You have a purpose, but it's not <clears throat> one thing. Well, exactly. And, no. Also not for you to know. Yeah. Right. So I used to be like, mm, that's maybe so one, limiting. Of, one of the purposes for my mother is that she's a medium for me. No. Selfish. It's a... Uh, <laughs> You were supposed to help me with my mediumship as a baby. And now, as you said in the podcast or in the video, that all of my mediumship with M is like branching out, making this big giant bubble. Like we're going super Saiyan. Now I'm going to help you in the opposite way. Oh, for sure. That's what it, that's what life is all about. That's yeah. the circle of life is helping each other. Because I thought that M and I were going to get lost with all of this metaphysical in stuff. The sauce. In the sauce. In the proverbial metaphysical sauce. And uh, messy, <laughs> dude, it is. You can't actually get up. It's like one of those slip and slides with chocolate sauce. No, you and I are definitely supposed to take this further. I'm just waiting for you to get this started and then I'll jump back in and we'll just go from there and it's going to be pretty fucking awesome. You can think what you'd like. <laughs> However, it's just interesting because you keep saying I'm so scared about losing myself and my sense of metaphysicalness and spirituality no, that's not because what I said. No, 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 no. That's everybody what I said. else is so lost in it. No, that's not what I said. I what don't did want you, you say then? I don't want you to get burnt out. Mediums get burnt out before they realize it. No, I'm aware of that. But you literally said, I don't like all of these things that people are doing because they get lost in it and they lose who they are and themselves in this overwhelming trifecta of metaphysicality. No, I think people try to battle with each other over who's more metaphysically grounded or not or more metaphysically aware i just want you to enjoy being a medium and be grateful for the gifts that you're given and help people because there's so much gratification and satisfaction from that whether people agree with what you do or don't 
as I was trying to say earlier in what I was reading, I wanted to read that because it's, it's true. You're going to, no matter what you do in life, there's going to be people who are going to say, you know, poo poo to you and they're not going to believe it or they don't agree with it. And that's fine. They don't have to, you just have to stay true to form for yourself and what works for you. Yeah. And we are. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Em and I are going to teach you how to do that with your mediumship while not hindering yourself because right now you have those blinders on but you don't have to you think those blinders keep you safe because you're afraid of losing who you are no I just I'm I'm very adamant about working in a very white light yeah but it's not I'm very strong medium no it's okay. what happens your dad's other- like just stop explaining it to her it doesn't matter yeah. she's not gonna understand I'm a very strong medium and I've backed off of it for a while because there were very strong things coming in and challenging that. And I just was not in the mood to put up with that at that point because I had things going on in my life that would not allow that to take place at that point. Now I'm at a point where I have literally and physically built the life that I want and it's taken me a long time to do it. And now that I'm in that space, now if things start happening, that's fine. Does that make sense? Okay, well, it's because you're still so young. (laughs) I've raised my kids. I've had marriages. I've had jobs. I've had so many different battles that now I feel that the arsenal that I need as a human being, as a woman, as a psychic, as a medium are now in place. So if other things come up, I'm ready for it. It's not a matter of having a blinders. It's a matter of saying, wait, I am not ready to take this on right now. I'll take it on later. Kind of like what Emily's going through now with her that we talked about earlier. When it's time, it's time. There's still things that she has to do or experience or learn before things go the direction that they're supposed to go. So is it my turn? Yes. Okay. So my strongest Claire's, I will always get Claire audience information. So the clairaudient information, like Liv has explained, I'm pretty sure on her podcast, she explains how she is able to validate her mediumship things. So when she sees things, she knows it's not her own thoughts because she gets other psychic information from it. So she will taste things, see things, and like feel things all at the same time. But when she's having her own thoughts, she doesn't taste her own thoughts. So that's how she differentiates them. Yeah, so. <laughs> Very Hannibal Lecter. So, <laughs> I will always get clairaudient information, and it is very much not necessarily, like, information for the person in front of me, but a lot of times it is information to just clarify that I am not thinking up things. It's, like, actual psychic information. So, I will not only see a swing, but I will also hear a swing, and that's indication of me getting this like visual information that is not my thought about something it is a an actual piece of psychic information but my strongest clairs like I said clairaudience and then I will also get claircognizance which is clear thoughts like we explained before if you come up to me and start talking about things and you're ready to tell me something I will know it before it comes out of your mouth And I don't have a reason for knowing those things. And when I do it in readings, it's very much like odd. It's I will know certain things. So the reading I had the other day, 
it was like a saying about wolves, like being thrown to the wolves. And I know this saying, I don't have to like see, hear, feel this saying. It's very much just living rent free in my head. So when they were like, (laughs) this thought, I was like, okay, I know what this thought is. However, I can't put this into words because it is a thought in my head. I don't hear, see, or feel it. So I'm going to just be like, okay, you know that saying about wolves. So the person in front of me told me what the saying was, even though I was the one telling her what was inside my head. (laughs) But um, those are my top two. And then the next spot would be like, clairsentience and clairvoyance those are more hard for me to interpret so when I get visual information I find it intimidating because I think that I can make it up so unless well when I see visual information a lot of times I'm like this is a lot of pressure I don't know what that means and the way that I think about things is very um straightforward so when I get clairvoyant information it's like when you go to the therapist and they're like we're gonna play this really cool game what does this ink blotch look like and I'm the uh client that says it looks like an ink blotch what do you want me to say about it (laughs) so that is uh how my clairs are just staring at me like I need to say something silence dude I'm so tired of talking about my clairs they're all there they're all happening I had a conversation with my spirit guide last week, who's the one that's like, your abilities don't have to be this way. You can do whatever you want because you've already had the ability to do so and it's fine. It's really weird. He's my one spirit guide that I told you named Gojo Mom. This is what your dad is going to be for you. He shows me limitless expansion of self because there isn't a boundary between what we do and what we can perceive because it's only energy. So your ability to perceive different types of energy and different forms and different beings is limitless. He's like, you used to think it was just dead people, but it's not. And we showed you that through talking to plants and then you were talking to animals. And then yesterday you walked over your friend's house and were listening to what their toddlers were feeling. (laughs) Just freaking wild. So they were explaining to me the other day when I was at work that my ability to say that claircognizance is not my strongest Claire isn't true. They told me that the six Claires that you have been teaching people are reflective of the five physical senses. And the reason the sixth one is so weird and people like to say the sixth sense and all of this other stuff, whether they mean it as claircognizance or not, is because you taught me that souls and spiritual beings know, see, hear, and feel everything, right? Because you no longer have your five physical senses because you don't exist within a physical realm. Right, so they get replaced. Exactly. He goes, so when you're a spirit or a spiritual being, you don't use verbal things unless you want to because that's a physical attribute. However, if one part of your soul is not a physical being, you were something else, like how Em and I say we weren't always people because there's different types of spiritual things energy man it's energy he said so your ability to say that claire cognizance is not your strongest claire is not true he goes you have the six clairs those other five are synonymous with your human um perceptions yeah he goes but you're talking to spiritual energy and the only reason we use those other five clairs is because they are 
helpful to you, especially if you're talking to human souls because it's relatable. However, spiritual communication in its essence, in its fullest form, is claircognizance itself. Fucking mic drop. I was like, are you fucking shitting me right now with this stuff that you're telling me? He goes, that's why you're getting better at claircognizance because the other clairs that you use to help with your information is only secondary to help you feel like there's more validation. But as you become more confident in the information and who you are, you're not going to have to use those other clairs because claircognizance is like the king of clairs. It is spiritual communication in and of itself. It's helpful to have all those definitions and understand them and put them into categories. However, when the wheels on the bus start turning, they all work omnisciplinally. They all work together. Like I said, one might be stronger for one different thing. Like sometimes I feel like my clairsentience is stronger than my claircognizance. Other times I've had readings purely driven by taste and smell. And those are not my strong ones at all. I put those at the back of the bus. But depending on the reading and the circumstances, different clairs may come into play in different strengths and forms because it's necessary. And all you have to do, all we have to do, all I do as a medium is let spirit guide the journey. Whether it's an individual reading, a group reading, a Zoom reading, a restaurant reading, a microphone reading, whatever. A reading is a reading. Information is information. That's spirit's job. You are literally the mouthpiece to get that across. And that's a huge responsibility. And you're deciphering of the information that's given to you. And spirit will find a way to explain it to Emily so that Emily can deliver it. And they'll find a way to explain it to Olivia to deliver it to whoever. And they'll find a way to deliver it to Julie to deliver it to whoever is in the need of it. Does that make sense? No, I'm aware. I'm just yeah. telling you that my spirit guide said that there is literally no other reason for the other five clairs except for to relate to you yes. in a human way. Yes. Which literally blew my mind. That's why I stay so surface level about everything and I don't divulge too much into all the definitions and the wherefores and the whys and the meanings because I have faith, not that you guys don't, but I just have faith in the abilities that have been instilled in me to deliver those messages. And then I have faith in spirit to help me deliver them so that the people I'm giving them to get it. Cool means. <laughs> I feel like it's lost on you, but yeah. <laughs> but you have to let me do it the way I do it. I'm not telling you what way to do it or not. I'm just telling you something that I learned information. It's cool. No, I agree. You guys want to learn about nature spirits? <laughs> done yeah <laughs> it's a uh, almost a two hour long podcast so future olivia hates everything future nah, it's fine um what's that podcast you like they do super long podcasts and that's why we drink yeah the they only podcast that i listen to <laughs> they have super long podcasts mm-hmm. i guess so i watched a podcast that was like three hours long mm. yeah oh but i don't God. think we're as cool as them or something. What they talk about for three hours? I don't know. <laughs> Emily, I was like, I was, I listened to a podcast for three hours while I was sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually listen to podcasts. I just saw it on YouTube. She listened to a three-hour podcast while sitting on the toilet. <laughs> oh God! All right, we're gonna go. I'm about to kill myself. We've been here since eleven. It's five. Right. Six. And Olivia did not share her cake. It's six o'clock. Damn yeah, it. did you guys know that we have patrons? Are you mad because you asked me if I actually had something else to say? Like, what's the matter with you? Oh, did you guys know that we had patrons? 
because we do. And we're so excited to tell you all about them. No. Why are you dropping my phone? My hands are sweaty. <laughs> Everything's sweaty. Trinity. Sweaty. <laughs> Avery. Cassandra. Anthony. Violet. Peyton. Verena. 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 Allie. Mac. Autumn. Thias. Victoria. Jenny. Laurel. Brianna. Antia. Bradley. Dortel. Sandy. Sherry. <laughs> Christina. Sushi. Anita. Katie. Charles. Jen. Holly. Krista. Florence. Abby. Malake. Malake. Nas isn't on there. We have to find her. We have to call her. Where are you, Nas? We miss you. We're going to be talking about nature spirits next week. We're going to go hike into the lovely four feet of snow that we've gotten and um, hopefully freeze to death. Are you guys excited? (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) If we're really quiet and really lucky. Supposed to be 62 I don't know where you're going with that. I don't know. We already made one death joke. I feel like we shouldn't do another one. People aren't always on the same wavelength as us. Make sure you subscribe or do whatever you do with podcasts, and we'll see you guys in the next one. We are your meta sidekicks. Oh, wow. Guys, my head hurts so bad.